I do think, you know, if there's other ways for you to help people, then it, it might, you might end up doing, you know, a lot of good in the world. So using that medical knowledge gives you a huge, a huge platform. Um, and many, many opportunities come on the back of that too. So this episode of Disrupting Doctors' Careers is all about being a doctor on social media and monetizing your influence. And today I had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Vanita Rattan, who quit medicine very shortly after graduating to become, quietly become, I have to say, because I didn't really know about this, uh, a global entrepreneur, uh, running several businesses, millionaire, and just an all-round amazing person. Um, I literally met her for the first time today, and she has an incredible story to tell, a re- very realistic story about how she developed a global brand as herself, but really finding a niche for people of color in the skincare range. Mm-hmm. So if you are a budding entrepreneur or things seem really, really challenging and difficult to get outside of that box, listen to this story. And before you do that, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and join our mailing list at medicfootprints.org forward slash join our mission. Let's face it, burnout amongst doctors is sky high and we're actively seeking other ways to make the most of our transferable skills beyond the usual career pathways. Welcome to Disrupting Doctors' Careers. I'm your host, Dr. Abena Bubbers-Jones, and I'm on a mission to connect one million doctors across the world with the best in diverse career opportunities. Welcome to Disrupting Doctors' Careers. I'm your host, Dr. Abena Bubbers-Jones, and with me is the fantabulous Dr. Vanita Rattan, who is the founder of Dr. V and the founder of a lot of things, it sounds like. So she is a doctor, but also an incredible female entrepreneur. I've spoken to, actually, you're the second, actually, maybe the third entrepreneur, woman entrepreneur I've spoken to this week. So a pleasure, a pleasure. Um, And today we're going to be specifically discussing doctors on social media, how to monetize your influence. So social media, it's something that you know, we're all on. But the question is, how can you grow your business or grow yourself and monetize yourself effectively and sustainably, either as a side hustle or as full time? So these things do not happen by accident. So the influencers you see online, they didn't, well, some of them, very, very, very few of them rolled in and viral, but that's not sustainable. Most of them had to put a heck of a lot of hard work and grafting to get to where they got today. But it's totally doable if you have the right product, you have the right brand, you have the right positioning, and you have the passion and the grit and determination to survive. 100%. So Venetia's going to tell us all about that. <laughs> and welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> awesome. So um, I was trying, so we, we've actually had a long conversation before we even started this podcast. And she's had so many like gold, 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 gold stories. But anyway, Venita, could you please start by telling me who is Vanita Rattan? Who is? I don't know. <laughs> it's quite funny, actually, because when you say Dr. V, Dr. V is like a third person. You know, when you talk about yourself in the third person, uh, that does also like happen. When my mom's yeah. telling me off, she'll say, so what, what, you know, she'll call me Dr. V. But um, no, actually, 
Uh, my history is I did medicine and then I became a cosmetic formulator. Um, and uh, I, there was an insight that I had, which was that vast majority of products being made were being made for Caucasian skin. So meaning for skin mm-hmm. of color, we have completely different skincare concerns and the ingredients that we need to mm-hmm. use are different. So for example, we get hyperpigmentation, but we don't wrinkle that fast. So for us, actually, it's more important to have tyrosinase inhibitors than anything else. But there were, were no creams out there with tyrosinase inhibitors. In addition, they put ingredients that are very irritating. Tell us, what do they do? I'm not even going to pretend that I know okay, what they yeah, do. Okay, no, that's what fine. Uh, tyrosinase inhibitors are a category <laughs> of ingredients that will calm down the melanocyte and help to bring it back to normal. So for us, I always say we've got larger melanocytes than Caucasian skin. Those are cells that produce the pigment melanin. So when that cell is triggered, you start to produce too much pigment in a localized area. So I always say one scratch, one bite, or one burn, and we hyperpigment. This does not happen to Caucasian skin. This means that we have to be a that lot more. Me. Yeah, this means we have to be a lot more careful with our skin. We can't afford to put things in it that's going to irritate the skin, such as fragrance or essential oils. So there's certain ingredients that we shouldn't have in our skincare and there's certain ingredients that we should have in our skincare and that combination didn't exist. So I basically um, just through, my parents had their own laboratory and then I set up my own laboratory. And um, previous to this, I had a chain of clinics. During COVID, we shut the clinics and I had to pivot. Uh, I then decided to become quite big on social media quite quickly. And I was going to mass produce products that were formulated specifically for skin of color and be able to ship them globally. So this all happened really at the back of the pandemic and having to change tack. Um, so a lot happened in quite a short period. Oh, this is this is incredible. How long ago did you start this company? I know you've had another company or maybe more before. How yeah, so I had a, so Ace Medicine was my first uh, company actually. That was uh, medical education. Mm-hmm. I started that as soon as they left yeah. medical school. So that was in 2009. Uh, and we were doing you know, we ran uh, lots of courses on how to get into medical school, passing medical finals, etc. And uh, then I had my chain of clinics. Um, and now I have Skincare by Dr. V, which are products that we sell globally. I think uh, we started about two years ago with the kits, but only about 15 months ago with the vast majority of the offerings. Um, so I think we're selling, I think we've, we have approximately 40 different products. So Amazing. a lot of a lot of formulas happened in a very short amount of time but we've just hit 2.5 million followers um, across my three platforms and these are people who have skin of color who are excited about skincare and no one was educating on this particular topic for us Um, and you asked me about um, monetization so for me I'm yeah I was gonna ask you actually about this bit as in you know you've got your businesses you've got your brand and you've got you which in some ways, it's like, how do you, like, do you separate them? And how have you grown your following? Like, what what's the strategy that you used? Um, it, I think it froze a little bit. One second. Uh, I think you asked me about monetization and then growing your following. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, with monetization, um, there are two tacks to it. So you can either look at short term, um, let me make as much money as I can in the shortest amount of time. Or you think long term, which is I'm going to create a product, I'm going to create a brand and I want to create something that's going to be here 10 years from now. So if you look at short time, short term uh, monetization, that's that's sponsorships. So you're taking sponsorships and you're and you're creating ads for them and you have to write the word ad below it. But my take on it was that if I was my follower, 
I wouldn't want um, any money being involved. I would want evidence-based information and I wouldn't want any sponsorship tilting my decision. So my entire mm -hmm. social media um, strategy really is being non-sponsored. And I've been offered blank checks by all the major brands for skincare. And I had to say no to that, even though I know every other skincare influencer would have made a different decision to me. But it's very important that I'm non-sponsored. So I did not want to make money this way. I wanted to create an offering that was going to be here 10, 20, 30, 100 years from now. And that's only going to happen if I had long-term vision. And and all the all the information I'm giving is evidence-based and just it's just costing my time. Yeah, that's an incredible ethos. And yeah, I, I think that's remarkable. So the question is, how do you monetize your brand now? I mean, obviously you've got your products and everything, but how do you, yeah, because I, I think a lot of people do kind of struggle with it. I say a lot of entrepreneurs, you've got a massive following. How exactly do you funnel the followers into buyers? Okay, it's a very interesting thing. If It's not actually about the number of followers you have. It's the reason that they're following you. So say, for example, mm -hmm. I then started to sell fashion. I'm not going to make any sales on the dress that I'm wearing because people aren't following me for my fashion tips. So it, when you create a tribe, make sure you're creating it around the topic that's important to you and that's going to help you mm -hmm. grow your business. There's no point me talking about, you know, really anything else other than skincare because that's that's the reason people come and follow me and so when I produce uh, skincare I tend to do it actually in collaboration with my followers so I'll I have iterations on everything and I will ask my followers I'll do polls and stories and I'll say hey guys okay what product would you like me to create next for you and then they will give me their list and then I will tabulate it and I say okay these are top three which ones are most important and then we even go down to what are the key actives you want what color packaging do you want these are different uh these are different options and i let them pick literally i use wikonomics oh, wow. and we do it together as a group so often you know i get about five thousand people responding to my wow. stories which means that we don't even have clinical studies this large and i will get that data back within 24 hours and for me because mm. i have my own laboratory i'm not reliant on anybody i can go you know today to my lab and make something um, we work very fast. So really from for me, it mm -hmm. takes me about a couple of weeks to get the um get the formula right. Then it takes three months to finish all your studies, so stability, microbiology, etc. Um, and then it takes about two months to get all the ingredients and packaging. So from beginning to end, I could be done within five months. And my followers then will have been on their entire journey with me. I'll show them the lab and I'll show them me, you know, throughout the entire stage. So it's not a shock when I suddenly release something because they wanted it from the beginning and I'm doing it for them and we did it together. So I think that's... Yeah, so you've taken them that. on the journey with 100%. them and built your products around them and based yes. on their feedback. So it's yes. tailored exactly for them. Exactly. So when you put it out, they're just willing to buy because they're invested emotionally yeah. exactly. in what you've produced. Yes. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. Oh, thank you. And... and uh, you know, it's it's the strategy that everyone uses, well, everyone needs to use, especially in a consumer-driven yeah. market these days, right? I don't see it happening enough, though. It's very odd. Even the large companies, mm. and I think part of it, honestly, is because I'm one person. I'm not a big brand. Um, if I was a CeraVe, for example, I can't come and say, "Hey guys, what would you like to make for you?" Like you can't, you can't really do that. But because I've got a connection mm. with my followers, it's we're friends, so. Mm -hmm. we're having a conversation 
how are you going to have a conversation if you're Ole or Neutrogena? You can't have that <sighs> very candid conversation. And so there's no one yeah. else who right now who is a cosmetic formulator who has a large following on social media and certainly not for skin of color. So right now I'm in a very lucky situation where, you know, a lot, lot of people are able to help me and I'm able to help a lot of people. Mm. So, I mean, we were talking, I can't remember whether it was on this podcast or not now because we've spoken <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, when you, obviously you graduated from medicine yeah. and you had all these amazing accolades attached to your name and you were going to be the poster girl for like the best medic ever. Well, not really. And then yeah. you, <laughs> and, then, and then you were like, well, like a Harvard dropout, you know, actually I'm going to start my own thing oh, and be ultra amazing at it. And I'm going to own that, which you did oh. and you still are. Like, could you take us back to that day or I say that time yeah. uh, about what that transition was like for you and your decision making behind it? I think for me, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always known I'm an entrepreneur. It's something that just excites me. Um, and as much as I loved my degree, I, medicine was truly the best degree ever. I just can't imagine there being a better degree than that. For me, working in a hospital was never something that excited me and and so really when I was at medical school I, it was very easy for me to think okay um there are certain gaps in the market even for medical students like I would create this product specifically for medical students because coming from an entrepreneurial mindset and having the knowledge I would just create the product for me that's such a natural thing to do and so mm -hmm. even after medicine my passion was in seeing how I can help millions of people by looking at gaps in the market and filling it. But there are not many doctors who have medical knowledge and then can plug a gap because it's not something that a medic would ever even consider doing. They've done medicine mm -hmm. and now they're sort of stuck in that role. And if they love it, great. But if you don't love it, then I do think, you know, if there's other ways for you to help people, then it, it might you might end up doing you know, a lot of good in the world. So using that medical knowledge gives you a huge, a huge platform. Um, and many, many opportunities come on the back of that too. Can you, can you list some of those opportunities? Outside yeah, for example, of, you, know, you could, even if you, for example, say you want to combine medicine and tech, how many medical mm -hmm. apps could you make that don't exist right now? Say you want to combine medicine and AI, what could you do with that information if you were able to put those two together? If you want to combine even medicine and food, do you want to combine medicine and photography even? You could literally combine two different skills that medicine you're passionate medicine. about. Yeah. And now you create a Venn diagram and you see if there's a need for, for what you can give and only you can give. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think the next generation is not going to be enough for them, to be honest, just to have one degree or one skill. They are going to have yeah. to have their degree plus another uh, two or three skills even. So for me, it had to become medicine. Then I became a cosmetic formulator. And then I had to get good at filming and editing, which is something that I was not born doing. Um, I wasn't part of the social media generation. Facebook came along when I was 25 years old. Uh, so I was, you know, I didn't grow up with it. So I had to learn this whole new culture, this whole new way of communicating. So you have to have that growth mindset and be willing to stack skills and see mm -hmm. um, where they overlap and if there's a need for that. What was that experience like for you learning those new skills, which, you know, a lot of the time is seen as soft skills, 
you know it's not like you're doing a technical degree like medicine you know because yeah. what for example like we are we're running this incubator doctors and industry incubator yeah. um, for doctors who need to address the skills gap and in moving to industry of which there are many yeah um, but a lot of those skills aren't something that we would have been taught um, and it makes us realize that our medical degree is valuable as it is like the list of qualifications under your name mm. does not have the same weighting mm. in industry or as an entrepreneur than it does as a medic yeah and so a lot of the things that we are focusing on with regards to the doctors mm. uh, one of the main things is learning how to sell yourself as a skill yeah. networking as a skill yeah. to to grow your reach and your influence and uh, uncover opportunities so you know, when you were, you know, when you're doing these activities such as filming, editing, blogging, whatever you name it, like, I mean, how did that feel for you? Like making that transition and how did you see it? Did you see this is a critical skill I have to learn or is it like I'm doing this because I, I, I enjoy it or actually I'm doing this because this is, this is the goal that I'm, I'm reaching and this is a necessity for my success. Like I'd love Honestly, to hear more. Honestly, I was terrified. I didn't think I was good enough. I thought I was too old. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I was pretty enough. I didn't think I had anything to say that people would want to hear. You know, you, you doubt yourself. We all doubt ourselves. Oh, my God. Yeah. And until you yeah. put yourself in that uncomfortable position, until mm -hmm. you do it, you don't know. And so what I say mm. is put, put yourself in an uncomfortable situation every day. And just that 4% mm. Goldilocks, just something 4% harder than what you're doing right now. And you just keep expanding the circumference of that circle until you have all these skills. Now, the bottom line is, I don't think that these are soft skills. I think these are skills between that will differentiate between success and failure. If you can't sell yourself, then no one's going to know who you are and you will fail. So it's mm -hmm. not enough to have a medical degree because everyone has a medical degree. I mean, all your, follow all your followers are medics, right? So they've all got medical degrees. If you can't say, this is why I'm better than, or this is why uh, my um, things that I've done, my wins and why you should hire me. If you can't say that, you're not going to get the job. And the job is binary. It's yes or no answers, you know, fail or succeed. So these aren't soft skills. These are, these are skills that are, that are going to catapult you or drown you. And that's, that's the mm -hmm, thing when it comes mm -hmm. to social media. So for example, I, I'm not creative. I, um, I was at the time I was much older than everyone else on the platform and I didn't know what what take I want what I want to do so even on TikTok for example I was doing dances I love dancing anyway but I'll say hold on I'm putting dancing I in let's get this together. dancing doctors on TikTok like what is going on I, I love dancing I love singing but like I, I, I <laughs> tell me tell me more about that Honestly, I look back and I cringe because I was dancing to salicylic acid and I, you know, you're doing the trends <laughs> in order to talk about salicylic acid. But that's what uncomfortable is. It's like, how do I, I don't know what I'm doing. Let me try this. Okay. That's embarrassing. Let me try that. Okay. That kind of worked. Okay. Let me try this. Okay. That one went viral and everyone loved it. Okay. Let me do more of that. But unless you're mm -hmm. willing to make a bit of an idiot of yourself, make a big, you know, you are going to, people are going to laugh at you. It is what it is. But if you can't even do that, how are you going to ever be great? How are you ever going to come out of your comfort zone? How are you ever going to reach the stars? Because the only guarantee is that you're going to fail. Failure is going to happen whether if, if you are trying to reach the stars. So just assume you know, for every five things you do, one thing's going to be ridiculous and everyone's going to laugh at you. It is what it is. Move on, you know? Um, so I think there's there's a bit of fear there. I think fear holds people back. What are people going to think about me? Are people going to laugh at me? 
and I, and I think that's such a shame. And I think it tends to affect women more than men. I think men tend to be more audacious uh, than women. Women have been, whether it's nature or nurture and conditioning, women have been taught not to brag. Women have been taught not to sell themselves. And, you know, to be a little bit quieter and to be a good girl. Whereas actually we don't teach that to boys. We don't teach boys. Yeah, I, think that, I think that's totally, I think it's totally conditioning. I think it's cultural. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, obviously things are much better than they have been in the past, but we've still got a way to go on that it's one. But no, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. I, I went back to my old school yesterday and I gave a lecture on uh, all the mm. things I wished I'd known 20 years ago when I left the school. And it was one of the top schools in the country. My The education really was phenomenal. The teachers were excellent. But when I asked the question, so I stood at the front of the class and I said, the assembly hall, and I said, so I've got 2.5 million followers. I've got one of the largest skincare, uh, skincare brands in the world. And I've, I've just published a book with HarperCollins. And so I'm saying my wins very confidently at the front. And I said, how many of you would feel comfortable to come and stand at the front and tell everybody your wins? And no one put their hand up. I think three people put their hand up out of 100. Considering that this is one of the top schools in the country, they are all the top 1% of the country. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're already winning. No matter what they do, everything they do every day is a win. But not being able to articulate it or feeling embarrassed to say it puts you at a disadvantage. It's not going to help you. It's going to hurt yeah, you later. A huge disadvantage. Yeah. A huge disadvantage. And I think you're abs- you're absolutely nail on the head right. I mean, I went to what was loud as one of the best girls' schools in the country. Oh, and still is. But um, Henrietta Barnett, does anyone know it? Henrietta yeah. Barnett, North London, Golders Green. What Such school did you go school. to? I went to Lady Hollis. What did you go to? LEH, Lady Hollis. Uh, okay cool but yeah it's a kind of school whereby everyone is just ultra ultra clever yes. and you know destined to succeed yeah but again there was like a huge level of imposter syndrome going yeah. on as you've as you've described yeah and even though a lot of people have done well and like I see that on Facebook yeah um yeah just the ability to actually be like hey I've done well because of this this and this yeah just really really challenging for I girls for I, women. Think, I think actually the schools need to teach kids to stand up and say their wins I think every Monday yeah. they should stand up and say what they achieved that weekend. It just needs to be yeah, normalized yeah. because other, otherwise... And also the failures, I would say. Also the failures. The failures, failures. Because the failures yeah. is like, hey, that, that means that you're progressing and you're learning. Yeah. Right? And, and celebrate that. Comfortable. Definitely. Do the Sanitary mm-hmm. Gasset dance and let everyone laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's for, for the visual... Can you show us any no, any movements no. related to the salicylic acid? That one didn't work. It was my niece that made me do it as well, so I really told her off afterwards. You did it. Is it still online? Is it still on TikTok? Can you know we I've, dig this out? I've done hundreds of videos. You would never be able to find it. Like, <laughs> so you have to keep scrolling. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Fine, fine. Um, so, I mean, like, I, I love this conversation. It's so much fun, I have to say. Um, <laughs> thank you. But, like, going on to advice yeah. for doctors yeah. who are going to be the next equivalent of Dr. V. Obviously, oh. you are your own category of one. So, there is never going to be another Dr. V on that level. Oh. But, you know, doctors who have that audacious dream. Yes. Um, they they are looking to combine medicine with something else. Yes. They're looking to create something on their own, on a global scale, yes. on their own terms, yes. with autonomy and great impact. Yes. What key piece of advice? And make money, of course. Yes. 
Sorry, absolutely. And make money. There's no shame in making money, ladies and gentlemen, doctors. That's one thing that we're not very good at talking about. Yeah, very bad at Um, talking about. I think make as much as you can. (laughs) And then with that money, help as many people as you can. You know, if you don't have money's a resource. If you don't have that resource, how are you going to help people? So one of my big dreams is only 2% of women right now get venture capital funding. My dream is to own a venture capital firm where I only invest in women businesses. Now, how am I going yeah. to do that if I don't have money? Money is is power. Money yeah. gi- it gives us equality. It helps the next generation. Either you have of your own so money or other a good people's thing. money. It's not a dirty word. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like in, in that situation, obviously with a VC fund, it's either your money or other people's money. It's always better to well that there's a whole thesis and debate over you know which is better depending on the individual. Yeah, but absolutely, mm-hmm. it, you know, power, influence, presence. These are all really important things, and money. Yeah. is an important part of that but anyway yeah. going back to my question Sorry, okay. what advice would you give to doctors what advice would you give to doctors who are looking to do something great in the world and earn money doing it okay a few things number one you want to I, I recommend one book called blue ocean blue ocean strategy um i think articulates very well how to go about doing it what you want to do is to dream of a an industry which right now doesn't exist, but caters to a specific need, a specific pain point that right now we are doing a pretty poor job of assessing. Uh, You need to see if you can do it better, if you can do it cheaper. Um, So I'll give you an example, Cirque du Soleil. Before Cirque du Soleil came along, we had circuses, but circuses were very expensive. They were smelly and and they were uh, cruelty to uh, animals. So Cirque du Soleil went, you know what? I'm going to combine theater plus circus. We're going to get rid of the animals. We are going to make their seats more expensive. And we're going to give them a theatrical performance with trapeze artists. And it took over. It created a blue ocean, created a brand new industry for itself. So what I would say is do the same thing. Create an entire brand new industry for yourself, like I've done with skincare for skin of color. You want to create something that does not exist. That doesn't mean look at what someone else has done and try and be 10% better. No, I would say re look with fresh eyes and see, is there a way that you can do this entire thing better? Whichever industry that you want to disrupt. That's what it is, is to have an audacious dream, is to have something that people go, who do you think you are dreaming so big? So if someone, if people aren't saying that to you, you're not dreaming big enough, is what I'm saying. So uh, mm. audacity is... Uh, is something that I I would uh, champion, and especially for women. Women, because of nature and nurture, as we discussed, we don't we don't have the levels of audacity that men have, and so men will negotiate harder. They'll negotiate their pays fees high, um, more at work and their bonuses. They'll also get more venture capital funding. They're more audacious with their with what they're going in with, um, and also in networking. You see, in networking events, that the men um, do feel more confident to talk about their wins, whereas women aren't going to stand there and say, these are the things that I've achieved. So audacity. And this is why we're disrupting doctors' careers, everybody. <laughs> globally, <laughs> globally, hey? Yeah. You know, Medic Footprints, something that I started 10 years ago, and it was very different from what anyone was doing. And it still is. Yeah. It still is. Yeah. And again, I'm just going to plug in the Doctors yeah, of Industry plug. Incubator again. Yes. Because, you know, you know, join now yeah. because it's going to be phenomenal as we scale up that program. So now is the time to join to get the most of me. 
because obviously I can't physically scale myself up, but I can increase my faculty of amazing doctors. Uh, So if you're looking to move to industry faster, join now and, and basically just create your dream career with us. We're all doing it together and there's plenty of room at the top. Yeah. What would you say about that? Totally agree with you. I think if you create your own Blue Ocean and your own industry, you're not even competing mm-hmm. with anybody. The whole thing mm-hmm. is with you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much My for God. your time, Vanita. It was an incredible, incredible experience. Um, shorter than usual because obviously we don't have much time but I could go on like it's it's just been full of gold golden and I'm actually I'm going to be listening to this again uh, just because you've said so many things that really resonate and uh, got a lot of learnings for me I have to say so thank you Um, and for anyone that wants to stalk you online (laughs) (laughs) what 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 would be the best way of say reaching out and finding out more uh, so if you, you can follow me at Dr. Vanita Rattan, uh, D-R-V-A-N-I-T-A Rattan. And that's on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Those are the main areas. Great. And for those, those of you listening, medicfootprints.org forward slash industry. If you want to find out more about the Doctors in the Industry Incubator, you have to apply to get in. We, we don't accept any anybody. So uh, you have to find out more. But thank you, Vanita. <laughs> thank you. And... Oh, we, we're gonna we're gonna hang out again. I'm sure. Oh, absolutely! I'm sure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.